Just got my second COVID shot. Felt a little flu-like, but I'm fine. If you're one of those people worrying about microchips or something, uh, I'm here to tell you. Hold on. I'm picking up some kind of signal. At last. The concept has been completed. You work hard all your life. The idea. Especially trying to get Microsoft working. My destiny. Microsoft. Big computers. It's no longer yours. Do it home. I mean, enormous. What would we have done without it? It takes a inventive mind to run and invent this Microsoft. And I'm very happy. This episode is sponsored by Windows 10, the only operating system I trust. Listeners of this podcast, welcome to Ayahuasca Anonymous, stories of personal transformation and healing through the use of plant medicine. It's been so long since I've done one of these that I've forgotten what my intro is. But did you hear the new theme song? I made that. I like how it turned out. It was harder than it sounds. It's like 20 seconds long, but I spent a long time on that playing my drum that I bought with my stimulus check. Look how much stuff has happened in the last two months. Even my Bill Gates vaccine joke is like seems dated. I made that like a month ago and then haven't released anything since, and it already seems old news. Anyway, the state of the podcast is I have not given up. I'm still interested in doing this probably needed a little bit of a break as well as uh, the weather got nice and people are doing stuff now. I was doing stuff as well as it's been harder to get people to do a remote podcast when everyone's excited to go out and about now. Um, Anyway, I have learned a lot from having these conversations and I'm looking forward to some conversations that might happen on the horizon. I've been planting seeds, reaching out to people who nothing has materialized yet, but um, I hope to have some really good conversations in the future with people that I've met, um, with some authors that I've, I'm reading some books right now. I don't want to jinx it, but that might be possible. Um, and I might even be able to record some in person soon, since I have discovered a ayahuasca community in Columbus, Ohio, where I live. Imagine that. So I'm sort of exploring, uh, getting to know some people in that community, and we're all just growing and exploring and learning together. So, in continuing to highlight different stories, my guest this week is Kai Cameron, 
who I met at uh, volunteering at an ayahuasca retreat. Kai is this, when I met him, he was 20 years old, long-haired, Jesus-looking guy, super laid back from Southern California, but not like in an annoying way. He's got a very San Diego chill vibe. But what's really interesting to me about Kai's story is what is it like to do ayahuasca at such a young age to experience a kind of um, more grounded, healing-based, spiritual way of doing psychedelics as opposed to huffing nitrous oxide next to a guy in fake dreadlocks and eagle feathers at an EDM concert or whatever kids are doing these days. And not that Kai isn't interested in uh, exploring those scenes and things too, as I was when I was his age. So doing ayahuasca doesn't magically make you like 10 years older or wiser, but it can help guide you through whatever phase of life you're in. Um, Kai also did ayahuasca with his mom when she came and visited him. There was a lot of uh, really interesting stuff. So I don't need to introduce this anymore. Without further ado, Mr. Kai Cameron. But, um, but then I got back, basically. I got back, went back to work for three months. And that was interesting, like uh, after ayahuasca and living at Gaia and all that which is I was working at a restaurant at a sushi place as a uh, waiter. And um, like one thing I noticed was like how pure everyone at at Gaia was. Like it was really, it seemed like it was really just like everyone was really kind of holy sort of in a way. Like like everyone really was conscious just of the things that they would say and how that would affect, affect the people around them and how that would make others feel and be really open about telling how they feel. And, you know, everyone, it was really, if you, if there was something off with someone, like every, you would know it immediately, you know, and like yeah. it, we would end up talking about it. You know, that was so cool. But like going back into like the restaurant life, like that was crazy because um, it was just so different. Like I would just hear people making jokes, like constantly, like really degrading things. And I really noticed that like, like nowadays it doesn't bother me as much because I'm more accustomed to it where I live. It's like, it's it's just kind of like that but at first it was like kind of a shock to come from that like kind of like whole pure place pure conscious place and then now being here where everyone's like drunk all the time and talking shit on each other and stuff like that and it's like it's just been interesting like trying to adjust back into that like I definitely like I got back and that shocked me at first but then I ended up like kind of like adjusting back into it and like drinking drinking a little bit and I ended up drinking a lot for a little while like me and my friends were partying like probably almost every day for like a few months, like getting drunk and stuff. And, and like, like right after work, just drinking and like, or like on our days off just drinking like in the daytime and stuff. And that wasn't good. And then I just ended up stop quitting drinking. And now uh, I haven't drank for like a month now. It was, it was harder than I thought because I was like, Oh, so easy to just be like, yeah, well I already did all this work and now I'm just like hanging out and partying and whatever. But it was way harder than I expected to stop, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So now I'm learning those lessons, but it's, it's been really good. It's been really good. So like this whole, do you look back at Gaia now? It's just, just like this crazy adventure. It's kind of how it feels to me. Mm. And yet I still think about it all the time and lessons and things I learned there. And like, I'm still, I read stuff about ayahuasca all the time. I'm not doing it now, but like, it's actually been good to like 
take a step back from doing it so much and actually reading about it and listening to other experiences and stuff. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, thinking back, I think about it a lot, definitely. Especially like, like that was like definitely a life changing big part of like my ment- my growth as a human, especially doing it like from when I was, like, I, think I, w- I got, I got there when I was 20 and then I was there for six months. So that was like a pretty like developmental point in my life and being able to have that experience at that age, you know, and at that stage was really, uh, definitely really like shape, like really shaped me in a positive way. Like, I think one of the things that like, it definitely feels like a wild adventure, but it also felt like just a really cool, like it gave me hope that, uh, that a fulfilling lifestyle is possible. Like be, living there, like I had got adjusted to the point where I was like, felt like, okay, like I could live, like this feels like a life, like a full on lifestyle that I could probably do forever, like this style of thing. And it was, I realized that it had like pretty much every facet of a fulfilling life. Like we had, you know, like community, you know, like I had like productivity and work, but also I was like contributing to the things that I was passionate about and helping people, teaching people things, uh, contributing to other people's growth and learning from their growth at the same time. And also being out in nature and exploring things like away from society, but creating our own little society that where everyone was linked in a way. And also just like having Ronnie there. And like, so I had like love, we had like good food, we had all these amazing psychedelic, like spiritual experiences. And it felt like travel because there's constantly new people cycling through. It really just felt like it was just like a perfect lifestyle, honestly. Yeah. And I had that fulfillment feeling like in my heart of like, wow, okay. This feeling, like, I just know that feeling exists now. So now I need to want to learn how to figure out how to like create that. And, you know, in the future for my life, whatever I decide to end up doing. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when I think about what, like, when I put myself back at how I was at 20, and then I imagine you being there, for some reason, when I think of your story, I imagine, like, people, like, in their 60s now, like, old, like, baby boomers, the way they talk about the 60s. Really? <laughs> they'll, like, say, it was just, like, my dad has all these crazy stories and stuff. I just imagine they were doing alive during this very specific time, and they have these crazy stories about going to India or whatever. I, I almost see your story as, like, I see you telling it as like from the future about this is where I like learned to be me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like that, telling your kids seriously. like, they're like, what dad, you went to Ecuador and you were playing right. the flute during San Pedro ceremonies. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah, dude, I think you're right. Yeah. That's for sure. How I think of it. It's definitely like my Woodstock like thing for sure in my mind. It's pretty cool. It's a, yeah, it's a formative experience. And so you were mm-hmm. 20 were you like a couple of years out of high school? Yeah. Yeah. So I and you were grad- just working at that restaurant. Yeah. I was going to school. Like I was going to college like part-time and then I just stopped going like about six months before guy, I just stopped going to, to college. And cause it just it felt like, it just felt like everyone was, you know, just kind of cheating their way through. And I mean, not that I was trying that much harder anyway, but the culture just didn't seem like pe- people were just kind of bummed and like, just like, Oh, well, there wasn't people weren't hyped like really and it just like didn't feel like the culture that I want to be a part of and especially having to be there like four days a week and just like having to show up and show up to this class that seems like no one really even cared about really everyone was just kind of trying to escape it seemed like and I was just like you know I I just didn't want I wasn't I didn't learn hardly 
anything there. And like every, all the friends that I have that still go to college, like, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to say that it's just not for me, I guess. Like, I don't think unless I were to really take something seriously that I really feel like I need to like learn and build up like a, like a, like something that I'm really passionate towards that I'd like to go to school for. But, um, I don't think, uh, I don't think I have that yet. So that was like the best decision going to Ecuador. Instead, I learned so, so much more in that, in that amount of time. Like that was insane. Well, one of the things that I missed, but I, I think is true. Your mom came and visited you, right? Yeah. Yeah. And she did a whole retreat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was um, insane too. And I, I'm, actually- I'm really interested in hearing about that. Cause I've talked to people who have done, ceremonies with their parents and stuff it just like it's hard for me to imagine yeah it was cool it was really it was like it was really it was really special like it definitely um like there were like the first her first ayahuasca ceremony i was uh i was helping and this was so when you came that was after you left then right so you yeah. came for 2019 yes yeah so uh so that was the first time where there was double retreats. That was, that was where I started getting really crazy too. Like re, just like, it was wild with like, like Salvador would have to do two, two nights in a row of, of ayahuasca. And like, it was crazy. So this was the first ceremony in the teepee. And um, so what happened was it was cool. Like she had a really, really amazing, amazing connective experience and like cleared a lot of stuff with issues with around, um, like feeling that she like bothered her dad a long time ago because her both her parents are dead uh are dead now mm-hmm. so she like really felt like she was connecting with both of them but you know that that feeling on ayahuasca where it's like wow i'm connecting with these people and it just feels normal because it just feels like they're always a part of you and like so she was having that and we were actually laying down we walked down from the teepee she went to go to the bathroom which was inside the uh the like yoga hall so that, that was where the bathrooms were for the teepee. Okay. And then she walked out. We ended up like laying down for a little while, just like laying down next to each other on the floor in there after she got out because she like couldn't really walk because she had drank two cups. And she literally felt like she was like laying next to me on one side. And then on the other side, she was in the spirit world where she was with her parents and like seeing all these things. And it was, she had a really, like she's grown so much since that time too. It's insane. Like, like as far as, like self-confidence and like with her business and in her personal life and everything it's like it's really cool and it's also cool to watch her grow you know because and I, i'm living back at home now so like back with my parents so i'm i like we can always talk about it too which is really good to have and um but yeah it was a pretty special experience we actually did the sweat lodge together which was pretty <laughs> cra- which was pretty crazy that was it was really 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 cool um there was the like doing it and the whole theme is you know the whole theme is about the mother and you're in the womb of the earth and i'm like sitting next to my mom that was a really pretty intense experience it was but it just felt so normal at the same time for some reason it was really really just like gentle and it was really good well what what it was your what and is your relationship with your mom because it seems like you're pretty close like you're very open yeah yeah we're pretty close we talk about i mean like there's nothing that we wouldn't talk about really like we've we've always got along and like but i mean we're not like 
we we definitely do our own thing plenty but if there's anything that we ever feel like sharing with each other we share it and it's like it's a really yeah it's a really just nice relationship pretty much so that was it was really cool to have her come and see her but it's also we also know like how to give each other our space too like we can kind of feel when it's like just you might as well just let them process it seems like that's what that's that's pretty much a relationship yeah but even the fact that i mean i don't know your mom so it's hard i don't i'm it's just hard to imagine almost anyone i know doing ayahuasca with their parents there's some people i can imagine it with but most people don't have that relationship with their parents where there's Mm -hmm. or most a lot of people's parents wouldn't even be into it or be down exactly your mom must be very open-minded and have a certain proclivity for even just being open to the experience Mm -hmm. yeah she definitely is she definitely is and she's like struggled for a long time with depression and stuff also and like self-worth things and um and that helped her so much because and she know and she read the research she's been looking into ayahuasca for like probably the past like 10 years i think remember like when i was in like when i was in high school like i first heard about it and she had like heard about it too and then um she was like yeah i want to try that someday and then it was just the perfect time when i was there so yeah she's definitely she's really open to, to new things like that and and even more now like i mean not even more really but She's just really, especially now, she's really uh, open-minded and because she saw how that, like how taboo that is and how so many people look at that as as drugs, you know, and, and she sees how much growth it's made in her life, how much growth, how much she's grown in her life after that experience. So it's really cool to watch her talk about it. She's constantly having revelations too, like every every few days she'll be like, just have another like revelation that ayahuasca taught me and stuff like it's really cool. And we'll talk about it. Yeah, it's really cool. But yeah, I definitely have a really open relationship. And like, it's like a really, uh, we can talk about anything. And we both are pretty comfortable with each other, me and my mom. So when you were, I mean, when we were, what, what has changed for you since coming? Because it's, it's a very Mm. specific environment. And you kind of start to think like, life's going to be perfect forever. Like I'm enlightened. And then you come back to the real life. How has that process been for you? Well, I guess we should go back to kind of what that dream world was like. Yeah. I mean, we can reminisce. It it just felt perfect. Like I remember, like I remember that, that life was like, I was grateful for like, we had enough time and, you know, like, and it was really encouraged to wear in our work. We would give like all of our love and do do everything with love. So sometimes things would take people a little bit longer, but you'd know everyone was really like putting love into every task that they had usually. And it was like really centered around that, you know? So I can remember like, like just really being grateful. Like really, I was th- pretty much thanking everything, like thanking my food before I ate it, like thanking the ground that I was walking on. I didn't like, like I would think, like I would take a shit and then I would be like, thank you for like, like, I'm grateful for this, like matter that passed through me. And now it's out of me and like grateful for everything that I received from it. And like, so it was like, just really like kind of dreamy, uh, like gratitude lifestyle, I guess, that I had that I felt like I was living there. 
and I felt like there was no rush really. Sometimes there was a rush, of course, but it was mainly like the main goal was uh, to do everything with intention, like conscious, uh, like genuine, um, just like wholehearted intention. Well, what you're saying about gratitude is interesting. It's living where I am now. I'm thinking like, this sounds like hippie bullshit. And yet I was there. I know what you're talking about. I think the reason we have that attitude is because kind of the attitude I grew up in, I think the prevalent attitude in the States is like, I always need more. Mm-hmm. Like we don't feel gratitude because we always feel like we need to be better, yeah. to earn more money, to be more liked, to be more fit, to just in every way there's this, feeling of inadequacy because we always need more Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it seems very uh anti-american to have gratitude (laughs) yeah 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 and also and also human like it's not really a human trait you think of like like we wouldn't be here if we were just content with right with what we had at one point you know like the human brain just kind of it seems like it just always just strives for more more like to achieve more you never really that's the whole premise it seems like of the human brain is we're not really ever content we just kind of like we like to do new things you know yeah by always being unsatisfied we kind of improve stuff but then even if we improve it we're still unsatisfied it's weird how yeah it's crazy that's crazy wow that's interesting to think about yeah, and it totally does sound like hippie bullshit also. Like like right now thinking like I like I'm definitely in a totally different mindset living here, you know, now. But but it is different also here in Southern California compared to Ohio, I'm sure. Like the general Sure. So so it's probably a little bit more accepted that that hippies type stuff here compared to over there. But still it's like, yeah, no one really no one does that really, you know. It's so interesting. So interesting, but yeah, and, and, and no, and I know also like, I'll, I know that I was in that state of mind at one point, but right now like I'm not at all, you know, and it's weird seeing how that, how that can change so much. But ha- even the having the memory of it is a lot more than never having had it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, even just talking about it, I can kind of feel it a little bit again we're like oh yeah i was just really happy to be alive i was really happy to have a conversation with someone or eat oatmeal yeah yeah <laughs> like yeah that's true that's crazy and i wonder if i wonder how much of that is like the work that we did on ourselves and in the environment and i also wonder how much of that is the like the actual like there's probably a lot of factors but i feel like a big part of that too could have been that we were all drinking medicine like every at least you know once every three weeks usually and well that is a big part of it and it kind of trickles down in the environment but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that's kind of the example of what life could be that we try to take back and try to learn from but like oh yeah a huge part of it is the medicine there's nothing that uh inspires gratitude more than ayahuasca yeah. and a, a, a lot of it because Ayahuasca can be very difficult and terrifying. That, mm-hmm. in a way, it inspires gratitude because you're like, I'm just happy. Like, that was hard. This is great. Life is not hard. I mean, oatmeal, this is great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, it's such a trip, man. Wow, and, I, and it's really interesting, too, to think, you know, like those indigenous tribes were like, like, like you think of, um, like basically any of those indigenous, any of the shamans that came that were indigenous or any try anyone who lives in an environment where that's what they do like every two weeks or whatever like they're always like that's their society like we live here in the city that's their society it's like that and they're constantly imagine a society founded on on drinking medicine like that you know that's so crazy i couldn't well, that's what i'm most interested now is learning about the indigenous traditions and stuff because i mean it's, it's not good to worship. Like we can't apply everything from their life to our life. We live a different, mm-hmm. they live in the jungle. That's where they're, that's how their society came about. But like, it is amazing that even in that very hostile environment, maybe some of those rituals that they developed help them cope with that hostile environment. And like their initiations and rites of passages, like doing ayahuasca are difficult experiences. I feel like, our whole way of life is about avoiding difficult experiences and seeking comfort. Yeah. Whereas they like at the sweat lodge doing ayahuasca, these are in very intense experiences mm-hmm. and they make the rest of life in comparison seem easier and uh, inspire gratitude. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That just clicked in my brain in a different way. Hearing you say it like that, because where we live, yeah. When, if we're constantly, trying to get make everything easier than our normal lives is i mean uncomfortable anytime something's a little bit uncomfortable or hard it's going to be you know our brains gonna be like what oh, i don't like this obviously but if you do things that you don't like often everything's you know you can just be content with the feeling of the breeze you know on your chest after a sweat lodge or or after you know all their stuff combo they do like the, you know, the, the limpias with the stinging nettle and like they have all kinds of crazy stuff that they do that's painful and uncomfortable. Yeah, it's I like think that's like it. a missing element from our life is like we've tried to avoid pain in every way possible. And by doing so, even the slightest thing just annoys us and sets us off. Like yeah, yeah. we can't cope with any amount of anxiety at all. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I wonder what the future is going to hold too, as far as because I know that there's like a lot of people like, cause I feel that way also, but I know a lot of people also that say, well, well, we don't have to feel discomfort anymore. Like, like, like that's a, that's an old thing that you have to, you know, it's like a dying God archetype of uh, like, you have to experience this death and this pain to, to really experience the light. But I wonder what the future is going to hold as far as, are we going to find a way to, not need to ever experience that and be content like who knows like maybe once we start installing chips in our brains we'll be able to be content and comfortable and not worry about things like well we're definitely going to try to do that my opinion is that that's not going to work but yeah because it's like it's like drugs it's like the same thing as drugs and trying to yeah you're right and and i agree too like for me from my personal I, i know every human's different but from my experience of finding happiness and contentment that is the way is finding is making sure I put myself through enough hardships and things that are going to, you know, really make me like, you know, obviously all the hard things that really make me appreciate the the good things. And I, do you agree? Is that similar with you? 
It is. I find that anything that I avoid, I, I for me, it's about like we're constantly trying to avoid things, and it's like if you just face whatever it is head on, then it's always so much easier. Mm-hmm. Like I'll avoid the most basic things, even like having a conversation with someone or doing and getting some work done on my car that like I have the money for it. I just really don't want to do, I don't know. It's like, yeah, yeah I'll yeah, avoid yeah. so many discomfort like for things, but I think ayahuasca helps teach you to confront things and that by doing so it just totally takes the drains the power out of it and i mean like ayahuasca teaches that through deep things like the things Mm -hmm. that you're really trying to avoid like uh, childhood traumas and i mean you've you went to you saw the stories people tell on san pedro right yeah it's like yeah you're super you're so right about that for sure as far as like it teaches you to confront things i remember always after an ayahuasca ceremony like anything that i had to take on or do it's like there's not even a question in my mind it's like oh that needs to get done okay i'm doing it like it's it it's like it really is confrontational and it teaches you how to confront things in your life also i definitely noticed that gaia for sure it's like a really good it's a really good state to be in well i guess the work what I've always, because I've had a similar experience of you is like, I went to Gaia three times and I came back and forth. And every time I'd be like, Oh, I need to go back. I've lost this. Oh, and wow. but COVID has been interesting is that like, I literally couldn't, mm-hmm. no one can go anywhere. So I think this time I really just had to learn to sit with my feelings and learn to resolve them uh, without the help of anything. And it's a lot harder to do that, but it's also like, I think that's how you really learn to build a better relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. It takes longer, but it's also, I think the way for more permanent change. Oh yeah. You're so right. You're so right. Yeah. Wow. I know. And I wonder, so you came, you went to Gaia twice as a guest and then last time as a volunteer, right? Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So how did, how did you find that experience? Like, like it, like how was the difference between coming as a, as a guest and having all that time to really process and then coming as a volunteer? Because I only experienced volunteering. I was curious how that is. I think I actually may have gotten more out of being a volunteer. Mm with being a guest doing a ceremony every two days, you do go deeper. Like you have the sense that you're like able to get at things that you wouldn't be able to like in the first or second ceremony, but there's also less time to process. Mm -hmm. And it's such a uh, crazy experience to, Like literally it all happens over 10 days or whatever. Like you fly in, you have this very intense series of experiences and you go straight home. It was a lot better, I think, to just do less medicine and have time to sit and reflect and be around other people in that environment. Because every time I went as a guest, everyone would be like, 
you'd kind of form this family and then the family would disperse and be like, Oh, we should keep in touch. And no one ever keeps in touch (laughs) and everyone just goes back to their lives. And if you're not careful, you just completely forget about it and you didn't learn anything at all. I remember actually uh, you doing the thing where you did a double ayahuasca. Yeah. Yeah. Cup. I never did that just because I had enough experiences when I was younger of taking too many psychedelics. And so I was like, Nope, not for me. Mm-hmm. But I watched a lot of people do that. You did yeah. it. What was that like? Oh, it was wild. It was like, it was intense. It was, uh, it was almost like, like every, it was kind of almost the same experience whether my eyes were open or closed. It was like that level. Yeah. And it also felt like, I remember that time that I took the double cup. I was, I can't remember exactly when that was, but I think it was in a time at Guy where I wasn't, I wasn't like, like I had gotten there and I got like really, like I was like loving it. And then it was like a slight, like not, I wasn't depressed or anything, but it was like a slight dip and I wasn't meditating as often. And I wasn't, and I was working a lot and I kind of didn't really prepare the way that I normally would for ayahuasca. And, um, and I didn't really, like, I would meditate a little bit, but I, you know, it was almost like, the, like what you said, like you kind of sit down and then be like, okay, well, I gotta do this. So I'll just get up now and whatever, you know, I, I was kind of lazy about it and the ayahuasca knew for sure. And it was like, it really felt like for probably, I mean, I, first off I purged. Yeah. You remember you brought me the tissues. Yeah, I do remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I purged for a while, probably. I don't know how long it felt like. 25 minutes or something of like straight like like violent violent purging and then um <clears throat> and then it, it really felt like i was like in this line i don't know it was kind of almost like a congo line or something but it wasn't like a, a dance party it was almost like a line to like knowledge like i was like in line behind a bunch of other beings like seeking knowledge from this plant that's the only way i can kind of interpret it and I was like in line and then I got to the, to, and then it was like, it felt like the ayahuasca spirit was literally like, like, like smacking me in the back and like sending me to the back of the line. And it was like this constant, like this, just repeating, like, like this was the main motion of it. Like, just like go over there and like, this is a shooing out. motion. You're yeah, making. it's a shooing motion. Yeah. Like, sh- yeah, exactly. Like just, you need to like get your shit together before I can deal with you. Kind of, that was a lot of, and it was doing that like for like, maybe like, tw- like 15 or 20 minutes. And I was like, okay, like, like, I like it, like put me in my place, but it also, but it felt so good to feel that because it was really humbling because I'm like, oh yeah, I'll drink two cups. And then I think, and I think at one point it was weird. I was in a weird state of mind. Like at one point my brain was like, I don't know, like, I don't know if I'm even going to feel this. Like it, it maybe like 50 minutes, like 50 minutes had gone by and I was looking to the fire and like, still didn't feel anything. I was like, I don't know, like, maybe it's just, like, not, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, you start thinking, and, like, instead of, like, obviously, I was thinking too much, and I was, like, really thinking part of my, it was just the cycle I was in, and then it started, and then it all started, and I started, like, noticing, like, some slight patterns in the smoke, like, like, maybe, like, like, little animals, just for a second, like, I just, the first second that I'd look at it, it would start turning, like, little animals, and I was, like, whoa, okay, I think it's starting, and then as soon as I had that thought, it was, like, kind of like how Terrence McKenna describes like the marching, like it all just like marches in. It's just like, Oh, like I could see it from a distance and it's just getting closer and closer. And then just took over like the whole, the whole spirit world was just like, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot, but well, this is fascinating to me. So what you're saying is you're kind of in like a, a little bit of a down cycle where you yeah. were feeling off 
you were not doing some of the routines that uh, made you kind of feel grounded. And maybe because you were feeling a little off, you thought I'll do extra ayahuasca. Maybe, maybe it could be that. I mean, I had also already been like the, the time before that, the, the, the time I, I did ayahuasca before that, I had already been like, okay, next time I drink, I'm going to do two cups at the beginning. Like okay. I just, just made that decision. Okay. And I probably could have been like, maybe I could probably could have been like, I don't even, maybe I shouldn't even drink ayahuasca tonight. I should just wait. But I'd already, you know, it's hard to do that when you get the ayahuasca ceremony that you want. And like, I was, I don't know if you remember that guy, Joseph. Remember Joseph? Which one? He was from, uh, if, if he was in that same ceremony with me when I drank the double cups, he had like, he was from New York. Yeah, like, yeah, I remember the, him. Yeah, so he, uh, <laughs> and he was like, we, we were talking about, it, I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to try drinking two cups. And this was like maybe a week, like, or like a couple days after the first ayahuasca ceremony. He's like, yeah, man, I want to do two cups. He was like, okay, we can do it together. So there, there was that aspect of like doing it with someone and me telling myself I want to try it so I was kind of just like well I'm already here and I just did it anyway but that guy was funny he was like I think he said uh before that ceremony he's like yeah last time me and ayahuasca we he's like I just danced with ayahuasca he's like but tonight we're making love that's what he said <laughs> so he drank the two cups and I was wondering like he's saying that like I wonder what's gonna but he had a great experience really yeah great experience but um but actually so after I got after I got shooed to the back of the line for a while, that was actually the night that Mujib freaked out. Remember that? Oh, I remember that. <laughs> so I remember, so that was pretty crazy because that was after it had, so it had already started kind of wearing off and that was, so he drank two cups in the second round. He drank two in the beginning with, with same as me and Joseph. And then one other person did two cups, I think, also. And then he drank two cups in the second round, right? Yes. Which, so I, yeah. I actually I didn't know that was the same night, but mm -hmm. that was that was that night. That was a very different experience for me because I was the helper. Yeah. And I can only imagine what it was like. But basically, this was one of the. I I still think about this sometimes because. There's, there was only salvers. There's one shaman when there's usually two. Mm -hmm. You've got a bunch of people who are sort of pushing the boundaries by doing these double cups, which I think is interesting that Salvador lets people do that. Almost as in like, you're going to find out the hard way or learn your own lesson. Because almost everyone I've ever seen do that ends up having... I wouldn't say a bad experience, but like a, it can be a disruptive experience mm -hmm. or like a very intense experience. Yeah. And then it's harder for the workers and for him because there's. Yeah. And so I was very surprised. I thought it was kind of generous of him to be like, he, he really doesn't like lay rules for anyone. He's like, if you want to do it, go ahead. There's also an aspect of like, it's different. Like if, if you were to meet Salvador and he were to invite you to his retreat, to a, to do a ceremony with him, you probably wouldn't be like, oh yeah, let me get two. But no, if you're definitely but not. if you're at a retreat center paying for this experience, it's just kind of weird, you know. It's different. So that, yeah, that I mean, I wonder why. if that is, was an element of like the commercialization of it. If that's mm -hmm. not how he would choose to conduct yeah, it, who if knows? It were up to him. And you look at you see the way that he looks at you. I don't know. You haven't asked. You never took two cups, right? No. But, but did he give he you a look? At you, oh, the way he looks at you, it's like the it's the scariest, dude. It's, <laughs> 
<laughs> it's it's a look it's a look like like i think one night me and ronnie we were gonna each do one and a half we want we were like okay let's each do one and a half and i was sitting before her in the line and i asked for extra half and the way and ronnie saw how he looked at me and she was like fuck that i'm not asking for i'm not asking for more <laughs> that's amazing it must be like i think there is a little bit of a he's trying to intimidate you of like are you sure this is what you want I guess so. Or it's just like, just so maybe that look is also like, know that, like, take this seriously. Yeah. I think it's like, this is not a joke. Mm -hmm. If you're going to do this, are you, are you really, do you have the intention, pure intention behind this? Mm -hmm. And that would probably check some people who are just doing it for, you know, if you're just doing it because some guy you just met said, let's do it together like that might not be the best reason <laughs> i know i know it's not it's, and you got you got chided by yeah yeah the spirit. It, was it, was a, it was a good lesson it was a good lesson and uh i was sitting down in the circle and the medicine was strong of course so i could i could see feel and hear like the energy of the entire group like literally it was like i had like like completely it was like overlaid over my vision like uh like there was like this ring around the ceremony of all of our bodies connecting and conjoining and, and vibrating together. And I could hear it. And it was like a, whoa, whoa, whoa. It was a certain vibration. And I would, I never had an experience. Like that was a really, really special experience to have. And it was this, whoa, 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 experience. And then I, when I played the flute, I was playing these songs I normally play that my muscle memory remembered. But when I was blowing, you know, like, like you can control that. It's like the, I forget what it's called, but it's like the, the um anyway you know that that sound though you mean like the the resonance of it or the you're like affecting like the frequency timber or the maybe i don't know i think i don't think so i think it's like it's like the basically the uh the frequency of how of how the blow you know when you hear a flute playing you hear him go it's like that that pushing and pull like pushing the warble effect the warble the war that's yeah that's a good word for it the warble so um so i was hearing the warble and seeing it and watching it like in the ground like this like um almost like lightning light it was like a it it was like lightning colored but it was a it was like a big beam like a big giant beam that was connecting all of us everyone in the circle and i could see it and i could hear it and i was playing these songs in the flute and i was warbling it to the same frequency that i could hear which is supposedly like traditionally what the shamans say they do is they tap into these realms and they sing these ikaros from what they hear in those other realms. So I was uh, playing the flute and tapping into that frequency of the energy. And then I was playing the warble effect to that same thing. And I remember a few people told me afterwards that were in the ceremony, like they were like, they were tripping out on that. Like the way that like hearing that, must have i i really believe that it you were really kind really of channeling a frequency that was being uh transmitted to you honestly by or you were tapping into yeah no, it was like i was amplifying it too almost like i was amplifying the frequency that was already in the group so it was like bringing it to people's attention even more because they could hear it now yeah you know? i think i should clarify because <laughs> i'm following this very well but it's hard to picture that someone in an ayahuasca ceremony freaked out basically the shaman who was alone had to go take him to a separate location 
and you at this point on a very large amount of ayahuasca to help kind of calm the group and keep the ceremony running began playing the flute. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And you were tapping into this uh, frequency. Yeah. That I could see. And it almost felt like, and it was, it was really crazy too, because the other day I actually saw this picture um, on Instagram of this other guy who owned an ayahuasca retreat in Peru, but he had this whole outfit and it looked like he had, it almost looked like a circuit board. It was this outfit, like a circuit board. And I remember being on ayahuasca that time and it felt like I had these, like every, all of our bodies had these like, it was like circuitry, like complex circuitry, almost like a, like an actual circuit board from a computer, like a motherboard. And it was that style of like sharp edges, circuitry all over my body and all over the group. And it, it was a, and I felt like we were just these like aliens, but we also had the circuitry all over it. Like not aliens, but like really primitive, like, like organic beings. But at the same time, we had these just really complex, like, created circuitry all over us and i always wondered what that meant if that was like a like a um illustration of whether it's the technology that we use like embedded inside of us or you know our, our actual like energetic bodies that live through in these organic things right if we're just these else. meat husks mm -hmm. but we have embedded it could be in our our DNA and things like that, incredibly sophisticated uh, spiritual components. I don't know. I, yeah. I've been blowing my mind reading an ayahuasca book that's basically put into a framework for me that like plants like ayahuasca, the spirit of ayahuasca representing um, like the intelligence of nature that lives in kind of this higher dimension and it takes the form of this root so that it communicate can communicate with us. And that maybe other plants and beings have the same thing. They had this really weird fact that certain plants that look very simple, their genetic makeup is actually 50 times more complex than ours. Wow. Doesn't that blow your mind? Like, why would that be? It's just a simple looking plant. Yeah. And, but the theory and then you know, this is like just a theory, obviously, but that certain higher dimensional beings do take the form of plants and things like that. And it's reflected in their genetic code. Wow. This, this, this increased complexity, which is incredibly trippy to think about, but yeah. Yeah. We, and we don't know, like, it, it's so easy. I mean, it's i could see a lot of people and like myself included at times like just be, see, read something like that and be like what the hell? What the hell? <laughs> yeah this is obviously but it's if cool. you're in the right state of mind yeah. and you're just open to it to think about of course, it of course. at the very least you have to acknowledge why does this simple looking plant have a genetic makeup that's 50 times more complicated than our makeup mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What? you just because yeah. we have no idea why so yeah we can come up with theories but that is it's certainly that, a mystery. It, that sounds like it does. It wouldn't even involve us. Like they have like some other, per, some other like uh, agenda. That's like, we probably wouldn't even understand who knows why they took the form of that plant, but in, or what they're doing with it, you know, and why they're, who knows, maybe they're communicating with something else, some other life form that's here that we don't, that we don't know about. Like we, we are so ignorant.
yeah we have the illusion that we're the most important thing we might be like the the ninth most important life form on it <laughs> yeah probably something like that that's funny yeah i know and isn't it crazy how our, the human brain's just like no like we're the most intelligent ones here on this whole planet we're 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 the most intelligent like look at what we've done look at what we created <laughs> yeah well that and that's entirely from our viewpoint like uh bacteria might be the most intelligent life form on earth mm -hmm. they might communicate in ways that we don't understand and they just in or viruses they just infected all of our bodies because they needed to like transmit some information yeah yeah and right. use us for their we're like those ants who uh have the fungus grow in their brain uh -huh, the mind uh -huh. control. we're just being so mind crazy. controlled by the coronavirus <laughs> so crazy yeah that the whole, that, that thought's pretty crazy too. I, I was thinking about that, like, cause I got strep throat, you know, and I was thinking about like the spirit almost of like, of illness and like, it's like a parasite, you know, it's like this thing, the, this thing sur survives on like hurting things that are already, or like living through things that are already alive. And then it reproduces by transmitting to something else. It's like a literal parasite, but it's almost like it really is alive on its own at the same time. Kind of like how we are. I mean, we wouldn't be able to survive without without living off of the plants and water from this planet you know it's like it's a similar thing we think oh because well it only lives it can only live inside of us so it's not really i mean i don't know who the, i'm just speaking but no i know what you mean it only lives inside of us so it's not like a being or it's not like a life form really but i guess but it is you know it is it's like its own thing almost like almost like we are it's just trying to survive too it's not necessarily bad it's just bad for us that's why and that's why it makes me skeptical to think like this type of thinking right here like you ever see that thing where it's like uh they put like good intention into a lemon and then it like doesn't get moldy but then they put bad intention into it and it gets like all moldy and stuff no i've never seen that what do you mean by put good intention or or like there's like the rice like, like there's like the rice experiment i think christine talked about it a little bit and i've always heard but i've always been pretty skeptical it's like uh i guess so they this is the same as the lemon thing but they take two jars of uh rice and on one of them they'll write like i love you and then the other one they'll write i hate you and every day they'll say like good things to the rice that they said i love you to and then bad things to the rice that they said i hate you to and the i hate you one gets all like like black and moldy and gross and the one that they said i love you to like ferments all nicely and it looks like really pretty and it smells good i guess but um but what i was thinking is like that's not, that seems like a little too human to be like to associate mold and bacteria with with negativity right that's that seems very much like us projecting our well first of all that seems very easy to verify too like yeah, anyone can I run that experiment i you tried, tried it? it yeah they both no got way moldy. they both got they moldy, both got yeah. moldy? yeah exactly <laughs> that sounds like some new age bullshit actually <laughs> yeah 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 that hippie bullshit huh <laughs> so funny but but i, I guess your point that viewing one type of molding as good and the other type of bad like that's just from our our vantage point mm -hmm. exactly exactly but i've seen this everywhere like on a lot of like a lot of spiritual people talk about this and like yeah like the good vibes you can see it like you can see the difference in the rice you know it's like i don't know <laughs> no i don't think well that's another thing that i'm learning to disentangle of i think the ayahuasca community has sort of um it overlaps a lot with the new age community 
mm-hmm. but these are separate things. The way Salvador and the indigenous people view the world is not the way that Western people wearing flowy dresses yeah, view the world. And true. I uh, am disentangling. There's a lot of new agey ideas that are wrapped up in ayahuasca culture that I think are probably not helpful or at the very least just not true or there's all kinds of things that are wrapped up in it. And I'm trying to untangle those and actually learn what the original indigenous wisdom is. And again, you don't want to take all of that without a grain of salt either, because Mm -hmm. they are a different culture and it doesn't all apply to us, but most of it does. And they, they know things we don't. Yeah, absolutely. And then we put this new age spin on it about the race and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i know and, it, and it's it's crazy too and another thing i'm learning too is like it's kind of almost easy to be like oh well if someone's into this stuff that i'm into or like if they're into psychedelics it's like they're i automatically associate them like they're my friend and you can't do that because oh, yeah. you, have, you know like i mean i think i learned this probably like a year ago like i was like had this thought of like okay like at first when i was first into psychedelics anyone i met that was like Oh yeah, like DMT. Like I've tried DMT. It's like that's a friend, but but it's not like you can't and you can't ever think like that because then I mean then you almost shut out other people that don't do psychedelics that can sometimes be even more spiritual and more on the on a on the path, you know, in a different way. And it's like it's just learning to be humble about things like that and be wary of people that you know are into those things because it's so rare. It's so easy to be like, whoa, you're into this too. You know, let's, yes, whatever, and but... you, you want them to share all the same ideas that you have, but they could be coming from a very, very different place, yeah, as you've probably yeah. learned in some yeah. weird ways. Of, <laughs> and there's there's all kinds of fragmentation and different ideas within. There is no psychedelic community. Mm-hmm. There's a, a series of loosely connected different psychedelic communities that all have their own ideas and an Mm -hmm. infinite number of variations, just like anything else. Totally. Totally. I was just thinking too, like, it's interesting how, you know, because as soon as you create a community outside of science, that's kind of like, doesn't necessarily require scientific evidence for its basis of, of uh, truth. Yeah. You start getting all kinds of things. And even if you get, even if you get things that are real, like that are potentially real or like people have telepathic experiences that are real, it's like, you're still going to get a lot of stuff. That's completely fake. Like, <laughs> like for example, like this one guy that me and Ronnie actually So Ronnie did this moon dance when we were in, we were in England, but she went to do this moon dance, which was in Austria. I actually volunteered there where it's a, it's a Mexican tradition and it's uh, four days of the women fast for four days and they do a sweat lodge every night when the sun, when the sun sets and then they dance all night long. And then they do a sweat lodge in the morning when the sun comes up and then they sleep in the day. And uh, it was really, it was a really cool experience. I, I actually got there early to Austria and like built, helped build the place up and like met some people, I met some really cool people. It was a cool community, but um. And it was, it was, that was an awesome experience. I just was like giving some background of why we were in Austria. So yeah, yeah. after that, after that whole thing, we went and stayed with, P- you remember Pia, right? Mm-hmm. So we went and stayed with her and her friend and, um, and his, her friend, his name was, uh, I think his name was Benno. And he was, he was a, this German guy, but he lived down in, I think he was going to live in the jungle. He was like living in the jungle off and on for like 10 years. 
and he was like really big into like like dietas plant dietas and all this stuff but he said he, he saw some pretty crazy stuff like uh i think this was him yeah yeah i'm pretty sure this was him so he said he saw some pretty pretty crazy things like he was doing this um this i think it was like a steam it was some sort of steamed like massage thing and it was and he was they were all in these they had like these little pods like in the jungle made of leaves and the shamans were bringing in these like buckets of water and pouring it in and it was steaming and making all this really like like uh nice smelling steam yeah and they released uh they put plants in the water yeah, too. So exactly. It's, a, it's like a vapor bath, I think. So yeah, va- so you've heard of this. Yeah. Yep. That's cool. So um, yeah. So he, him, and a bunch of people were doing those, and then he was saying. Uh, so then after they got done, everyone was like, "Wow, that was so great!" And then the translator came over. He went up to the shaman, and then the shaman told him something. And then they came over to them. And they were like, "Hey, so do you want to know the secret?" Because they were like, everyone was asking what plants they put in, and it smelled so good. And he was like, you want to know the secret? And then they were like, yeah. And then he says, Jackie Chan. And then they were like, wait, because the translator was like, wait, you sure you're saying Jackie Chan, Jackie Chan? And he's like, no, yeah. The, the translator was like, yeah, it's Jackie Chan. And then the, and then the shaman just like pulls out a bunch of Jackie Chan DVDs. And he's like breaking them up and putting them in the. Ah, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. He's literally like steaming because it's, it's like, he, he sees it as like a symbol of, like power and strength from the Western culture. So he's breaking up these literal freaking Jackie Chan DVDs and putting it in. <laughs> oh my God. And you're inhaling that. <laughs> yeah. Fucking crazy, right? Like. <laughs> That's a good horror story. Yeah. Of, yeah. Uh, but. And it's just. It's false just, wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. It just goes to show like there's so much real wisdom in this, in these cultures and in this, in this whole community of new age like spiritual like veering away from science but but you still can never trust everything you know well i think especially in the that context of as soon as you start leaving the mainstream um you only have your own judgment to go off because there's no source of truth anymore you know a lot of the stuff that we're talking about about plant spirits and stuff like that i would argue are very real but that doesn't extend to everything that everyone wants to tell you about it yeah and it's hard to distinguish because you have to have an open mind to even be open to the idea of plant spirits but if your mind's too open there's people who will take advantage of that there are people who will they don't they're not trying to take advantage of it but they're just spreading misinformation Mm mm-hmm it opens yeah. up a lot of cans of worms yeah yeah it's gotta hard. have your wits about you for sure it's hard and it's you got it's you really have to be have your head on a swivel and keep these make sure that you are constantly like evaluating what's true and what's not because that seems like like i said like so many people kind of just being like oh like anything they hear they'll kind of be like wow oh so like quartz does this and then i mean i don't know but too much, i mean i don't want to bash crystals that much but i feel like a lot of people take crystals pretty far and yeah. where they'll say like this thing will do this and this will do this but there's no real i mean it's one thing if you have a personal truth and experience with it but but people will go to, to the extents to be like argue over you know what crystals do what and it's like i don't know i feel like i, I think there's just a certain point where you used to recognize that there's like a, something that you like you can have an experience and that can be true to you but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's true to someone else you know definitely 
if you can't really prove it to them. It's like you just have to accept that I have this experience and this means a lot to me, but I'm not. And I also don't, if I meet people like that, I don't try to dissuade them of their yeah. beliefs. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I generally just am like, depending, I can also get along with people who are like that. They may have differing beliefs than I, but a lot of times exactly. it can be a thing where I'm like, there's just a, a gap here where we're not really going to be able to connect because I don't think the way you're viewing the world is the same. I'm viewing the world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it, it, it sucks that that can take place, but it, it definitely can. Yeah, totally, totally. But I, I also think we're very lucky that by chance we happen to meet Salvador and Amalia, who I think are like legitimately extremely good, extremely good shamans and also just well-intentioned good people. Yeah, yeah. And that's not always the case with stories I've heard about people. There are varying degrees of, um, you know, different motivations that even people who serve ayahuasca in indigenous communities have. Mm, I see. So yeah, I think of we, course. We got and very it, lucky. And yeah, yeah, we really did. We really did. And yeah, and you're totally right. Like it, it would be easy to think, oh well, like they're from the jungle, they're legit. You know, even it, even the people that you know, you can. It, it, everyone's still a human in all this. So it's like, I guess the lessons just to use our own judgment and our own truths to navigate you know who we vibe with and just stick to that right but yeah. also be open to have your truth challenged this is the, yeah, the tricky yeah. part you're right because you're <laughs> right. if yeah. i if i just believed everything that i thought i would have thought wim hof method is bullshit ayahuasca is bullshit open. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. at, at various times i thought cynically about all the things that i'm super into now yeah, 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 you're right. That's so, so true. That's it's so just true. a matter of kind of gently pushing the boundaries yeah, and testing yeah. the waters and yeah, you're right. reevaluating. Right. Yeah, you know what? I think that's that definitely resonates with me because I shouldn't like even just now, like I was just like, oh, crystals, like that, that really feels like hippie bullshit. Like, like maybe that some crystals have different like, energies that if you're really sensitive, you probably could feel them. But to say that this one like is good for this or this one's good for this or like it heals this part of your body or I mean, I don't know. You have to knows? separate uh, what kind of like the mythology is and what might actually like, I have no opinion really on crystals, but if you just think about it, they are minerals and rocks and different minerals and rocks actually do resonate at different frequencies. Yeah, yeah, you're they right. They use yeah. uh, like quartz and stuff in um, like electronics and mm -hmm. in drills and things like that. Like, because it can conduct a certain frequency. Yeah, so like yeah. the idea that a crystal could have some effect, I'm not opposed to that, but the degree that so many people take it. Mm -hmm. That's and, what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. And, and also it very quickly just becomes a commercial thing where they're just trying to sell you some pink rock for 50 yeah, bucks. Yeah, like, totally, totally. And they're trying totally. to say it's going to cure your depression or whatever mm -hmm, it does. Mm -hmm. It's like, ah, I think it's a pink rock. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good point though. That's yeah. It's important. Definitely really important to stay open to all these things. And that's like the most important, you know? Wow. Because, yeah. I was just thinking about the other day. I, uh, not the other day, actually, this was probably maybe a couple months ago, maybe like three, two and a half months ago or something, I was 
uh, I smoked some DMT with my friend and had this like beautiful, beautiful experience. It was my first time smoking DMT tea since uh, ayahuasca. And it was uh, like really, really special, like really, really shamanic. And I'd be put on medicine music too. So it was like this like, like Agua Infinita song, like a, like, like this was like a water song. It was like, it was so beautiful to like, I really felt this like space open up inside me. Like, like I could feel like all this, I don't know. It was almost like I was like lifted and there was space in between the pieces of, of my body. And I was like, it, it felt like reconnecting with ayahuasca and like God, honestly, like, like dancing again with like the cosmic, uh, I guess God, that the thing that's always dancing that kind of, orchestrates all this that's what it felt like yeah and i was like really like really like high off that experience you know and and i the next day i went to work and uh so i work i was working with um i'm not working with them right now but i was working for my friend's dad's company which is a it's like a delivery and installation company so we'll just like go to costco and pick up like the play sets or the sheds and then build them for people and uh so i told him in the morning i was like you know what i spoke some dmt like because he listens to joe rogan and stuff sometimes I was like, I smoked some DMT last night. I like briefly just like was like super like told him about my experience. He just goes, bullshit. And that was all he that was all he said. All he said was bullshit. I'm like, what do you mean? How is that like it just completely invalidated your bullshit? That no. It's like, okay. Like I didn't say anything after that, but like I don't know. That's it was it was it's funny to just to think like that was probably like too big of a step. You know, but maybe if he slowly, like if he did a little bit of mushrooms at one point, be like, whoa, okay, there's something a little more to it. And yes. then slowly, and then I told him that he'd be like, wow, because he'd be able to to resonate with it, but he just couldn't. So he just said bullshit and like, but I wonder if he really thinks that I just made that up or if he just thinks that like, <laughs> I wasn't claiming that I met God. I just like was saying like, yeah, I had this interesting experience. Like, and I thought it'd be interesting to share because I grew up with this guy like, yeah. since I was like five and he's, he's a cool dude. And we talk about all kinds of things but i was just like wow I'm, I'm wondering i wonder how his mind how he perceived me telling him that if it was like if he was saying bullshit like that experience that you had was just like bullshit and you're just tripping and you're, you don't know that's probably what he meant that's probably what he meant <laughs> but it's it's interesting to see the way that his mind reacted to that of just like i'm not going to take in any of that information that you just said I find what's more interesting about that is the fact that I still do that constantly. Yeah. Of like, I always end up seeing st stuff from like a year or two ago that at some time I had some judgment on it and ignored. And then now something has changed in me and I'm mm -hmm. ready to engage wow. with it. Well, I think it's pretty beautiful that you recognize that because like that's like a really like that's like a feat in itself to be, just be aware that your brain does that because but so i'm not aware of it most of the time i'm only aware of it after, after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay well it's it's something at least yeah <laughs> that's funny but it's i still, think we it, all are i think everyone yeah. has that we all change as mm -hmm. i mean you're a different person than you were when you first did all this stuff and you're open to more experiences yeah wow and plus being a male too it's like you know males i feel like are generally generally more like logic based so it's way it i feel like it could be a little bit harder for us compared to some women to be like immediately like really open to something like that you know it's just i'm i'm actually jealous of women it seems like i know so many more women who so easily get into like mm. 
a new moon ceremony or like like they, they just yeah. seem to tap in easier to things like that yeah yeah and if you think i mean it's crazy too and if you think about like the whole archetype like that was another thing that i really learned i think a guy is like the archetypes of like the masculine and the feminine energy yeah and it's like and if you think you can relate that right back to like the the archetype of like the woman and being open like 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 you know obviously with the vagina and everything it's like being open to receiving these things and different types of things and being open but with the male it's like there's one penis and it goes in and that, that's still the same thing it's like we're a little more rigid literally yeah 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 i guess <laughs> yeah yeah but like but with that whole aspect it's like it's like the masculine and feminine energy that's a pretty good like representation of what the feminine energy can do is to be really you know open to receive and, and open to to new different types of things whereas the male energy this is me here i am you know yeah and what i learned about that most is um i think a lot of times people either overvalue masculine energy or they undervalue it they're mm. definitely we all know alpha male type energy of like they only have masculine energy and no feminine energy. I also know a lot of kind of more newer new age, not even new agey. I think there's a kind of woke sentiment right now of like mm. all masculine energy is bad. That's not true either. You need a healthy balance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, totally. So it's about balance, not about mm. labeling one as good or bad. Absolutely. 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 